Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. I'm your host, Amanda G. This is our first episode of 2020. I'm so happy that we're back. We took a little time off. Not really time off. I mean, you know, spent a little time with the family, but also we've been working. We've been collecting interviews. We've been doing a lot of promo, been getting out there. So we're really excited to bring to you our first episode of 2020. In this episode, we bring you Aunt Zelda. She is a draguit of the New Orleans Drag Workshop. She has done our storytelling show, Greetings from Queer Mountain, a couple of times. She does all types of performances all over town. She's an artist. And we were so happy because when she did our Greetings from Queer Mountain storytelling show, her stories were amazing and they made me think, hey, we got to learn more about Aunt Zelda. We got to get to know her better. And we were so happy that she came and joined us. So here we go. I think we should just get to it. Welcome back to us, to you. And uh, here's Aunt Zelda. have two favorite bars always lounge uh-huh. and cabaret which is where you bartend uh-huh. and then 12 mile limit which is a block and a half from this house and that's gotcha kind that's of, the easier one yeah I've still not been there i've been meaning to go but i yeah. just haven't been it's trivia night tonight oh yeah you can win a free tonight. bar tab <laughs> that you can't use the night that you win the trivia oh so. that's tricky well, that's how they get you back in yeah they're geniuses actually yeah, that's kind of smart <laughs> i was like that's a perfect marketing campaign totally yeah that's how they so get you, you win back a bar in. tab but not tonight right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so you work it always that's when i first met you but yep. now i know you you've performed on our greetings from queer mountain storytelling show time. yeah and you do drag now i do so your drag name is aunt zelda it is how did that come about? Well, in the workshop, it was originally, I had started out a few years before, it was Cookie Conchetta, and that comes from Cookie Mueller and Conchetta, her character in Female Trouble, and a few of the sisters were like, well, you know, there's a few other cookies in town, you might want to try something else to make yourself stick out, and I really brainstormed it and brainstormed it, and I had been watching Sabrina, and then I am an aunt, I do have four I have three nephews and one niece, and then also Zelda, the game. They're on the original NES. It was like one thing that my dad and I bonded over, playing the game and beating it. So I'd always been a big Zelda fan. And then Sabrina came out, and I'd always liked the sitcom. And then the Chilling Adventures came out, and I really liked that character. And then one day I was laying there brainstorming, racking my brain, and I was like, Aunt Zelda, why not? Why not? And then... I was like, we have to change it. So it's, that's why it's spelled A-N-T, Zelda. Oh, okay. So yeah, and then everybody loved it, and it just stuck. Yeah, you made it your own. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I saw you. I actually haven't seen the new Sabrina, the gotcha. chilling adventures of sure. Sabrina. But I went, y'all had a uh, Sabrina-themed yes. uh, dragon yes. burlesque show, like right. a cabaret kind of show. Which was a huge um, deal. We're actually going to do another one soon in the new I year. I hope so. Totally. I was going to say, like, after that show, I was like, every time, that the rest of that week when I would, like, see people, uh, like, what's up? And I was like, why weren't you at that show? Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was amazing. Y'all did such a good job. It, like, really had Thank the storyline. And, you know, I'd seen the one growing up, of course, with Melissa mm-hmm. Joan Hart. Like, right. we all, you know, right. from Clarissa to uh-huh. that. Like, she's, what was that movie she did that Britney Spears had the crazy song? Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. It was about. her and the remember. guy from Entourage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot that. I did too. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I could see the vi- the Britney Spears video right. with the Joan Hart. Right. Uh, I can't remember. Jesus. She had that sitcom too with Joey from Blossom. Oh my God, yeah, bald. when Joey was, yeah. When Not he had no the same. Hair. No. <laughs> like really plucked pierced eyebrows. And... Well, it was his thing was the hair, you know, the right. low and the right. hair. Right, and... yeah. Blossom was yeah. a huge part of his childhood, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really awesome show. Thanks. Do you think that you've changed since you've really... Uh, I know you've done performance in the past, but you right. did the drag workshop, mm. and then now you're really kind of immersed in the right. New Orleans drag scene. Do you Holy. think that's changed you as a person at all? I think it's changed me for the better. I've definitely become more confident even like just every day like not doing drag feel a lot better in my drag like doing my makeup like it's funny i can paint my face in like 20 minutes and totally feel fine for the rest of the night but yeah i feel a lot more confident if i have so many more friends even beyond the workshop people come to shows regularly yeah it's just it was definitely a confidence boost for sure and i feel like i have double the family now and you know i told all the sisters and brothers the workshop too it's like it was 13 of us and it's like before right before we ended before the workshop ended i made it a point to like stand up and sit in front of all of them and say like i've never had this big of a group of people that have accepted me for who i am and love me for who i am and not judged or you know been negative like my regular normal family you know dad mom and all that but we'll get to them right <laughs> but yeah it's like it was just uh and then like the other queens that were in the workshop before and after that's like even more of an extended family you know and i just love all of them really yeah so you are originally not from new orleans right right well technically but i wasn't born in new orleans born on the mississippi gulf coast and new orleans was always the city to come to like we would always like i remember when the zoo opened we were there on the first day of the zoo not the zoo the aquarium sorry in like 91 i'll never forget it because i was sick as a dog and like my parents just forced me and my sister to go. My sister was much younger. She was like two. I was like seven or eight. And I was so sick. And I just remember like every five minutes like having to stop and lay down on the, the benches around. There were so many people there. My mom was like, get up. Come see the fish. Be like, but, oh god the water like if i was sick and there was just like water movement uh, was, i would just want to puke it was even. one of those kid memories it's like <laughs> every time i go by the aquarium i get a little queasy oh. like Ugh. but yeah i grew up on the gulf coast we always came down here for weekends and stay and then when i was a teenager in high school we moved further south to homa 45 minutes south of here and we lived there for like a year or two and I don't know if you remember the whole gay.com and AOL.com, but those were my formative years in Homa, and I came would come to New Orleans with the boys. But but yeah, I moved here in 03, 
rode Katrina out here in town, which was awful. Never would suggest that. Just never left. I don't know where else to go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, high school was Homa or was that Mississippi? It was actually both? mixed. Okay. It was ninth and 10th grade was in Mississippi. 11th grade was in Homa, which was awful. And then senior year was back in Mississippi. Very strange timeline. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a culture shock down to, down to Baia, as they say. It's like everybody knows everybody down there, and there's like five or six families that populate the whole place. Coming in as a total outsider, they just didn't know what to do with me. Like, I'd like my books with my friends, like, I'd sit at lunch and just hide in the courtyard or it was like a weird open school and it was so cliche of a high school in front of the school was the bayou on the right side was like an old plantation house with like sugarcane the other side was a sugarcane field and then behind the school was like a swamp like literally a swamp like they had alligators that they would find on the football field in the back that would come from the swamp so it was just like so cliche louis southeast louisiana <laughs> and yeah i'll never forget one time we had my english class was in the back of the school not far from the stadium or whatever and we well, gotta have the football stadium of course yeah that's like the one thing everybody lived for and um all these like police cars and like fire trucks pull up and there was an eight foot alligator and like a four foot alligator and they were like fighting or like they got the fire truck and like hosed them back into the swamp it was so bizarre like all the kids were losing their mind so the english teacher was just like freaking out like sit down we've got to get ready for this test and all the idiot kids were just like screaming and like looking up the windows and like being total riotous but was it like a gatorade my homework and they'd be like no that actually could have right exactly (laughs) (laughs) it was uh quite the quite the school year that's for sure the thing that really tripped me out was uh, they taught 11th graders on a 6th grade reading level because it was okay. so backwards. And, like, I'm, like, up to speed. And, like, teachers trying to teach Thomas Paine and, like, the foundings of America and, you know, civil liber- or liberties and all that. And these kids couldn't spell adjective or, you know, they she would, like, oh, it was just so bizarre to me. It was just crazy. <laughs> Another guest that we had was a teacher. It's close to Homa and was just like they have a thing where the school district would just pass people oh yeah totally Even if you failed you still yeah. got to move to the next grade yeah totally he taught junior high and like kind of sixth seventh eighth grade uh-huh. so you're kind of seeing the effects right there. we lived there for like three weeks at the very end of my eighth grade year that we moved back to Mississippi but the teachers would cuss at the kids and the kids would cuss at the teachers and oh shit yeah, when we moved back to the Heights, when I was in high school, it wasn't like that. But the, the middle school, I was like terrified. Kids would just start fighting, the teacher would sit down and just let them go at it. And that Not was the that. Right, now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where they draw the line. Right, right, yeah. The now kids... we'll call the cops. Right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, Louisiana, that's for sure. Slice of life, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what kind of, like, as a kid, what were, what were the things you did for fun? I Clearly, I don't believe it was sports. Just for, no, absolutely <laughs> not. statement no. about the stadium. Jeez, no. Comic books, definitely. X-Men, action figures, video games. During the summer, we would go camping a lot. And I always, like, would go sneak out in the woods and have fun like that. But I had friends, and comic books and Marvel trading cards were, like obsessed with them. I was particularly obsessed with Rogue, the mm. superhero Rogue. She was from Mississippi. <laughs> she had the ultimate power. She could take anybody's powers. I always thought that was super cool. And she could fly, too. 
Yeah, I was definitely one of the kids that was happy when it rained, so I didn't have to go outside and like mow the yard <laughs> or do lawn work or like have to stay outside in the heat, like my mom always wanted me to do. I, I drew a lot. I'm an artist. That was a big thing, was drawing. And friends and I would get together and just draw all day. Yeah, art for sure. Yeah. Still trying to do it here and there, not nearly as much, but now I paint my face. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do art. It's yeah. just a different right. expression right. of art. For half the money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, if I tell you what comics make, you know, oh, yeah. That's my funniest joke to the drag queens is they're like, oh, you had a show. I was like, I made $4. And they're like, oh, you're funny. And I'm like, no, 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 I made $4. <laughs> and I also bought drinks. So that actually kind of right. canceled. I'm in out. the red. Yeah. Yeah. Half the time I'm in the red after a show, too, because I'm the same way. Drinks, drinks, yeah, drinks. Of course. Totally. Gotta keep the bar afloat. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you're there to support them you're also performing sometimes it takes the edge off a little bit sometimes you literally just sweat out whatever exactly exactly keep yourself hydrated <laughs> yeah my next uh, venture i definitely want to move into drag stand-up did it at my friend jacqueline palm's birthday show she did her one woman show and her and i when we moved my boyfriend and i moved from the garden district to circle bar above the circle bar she was the first bartender that i'd met when we moved back and we just clicked immediately and her dog roscoe was a big chocolate lab he just recently passed after the show but she told stories from her childhood she made fun of her parents she made fun of roscoe he was there in the audience with her and then she wanted me she had always wanted to do burlesque like every girl in new orleans comes and at least tries at least once Except me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, they uh, have the burlesque school too which is right very popular was, yeah very popular and they're about to do another go round of it y'all keep pumping them out the drag queens the uh, it's all yeah artists. no it's getting it's, uh getting a little thick there you have to uh start whacking them off <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so her whole joke was she wanted, to, she thought about doing burlesque, but she uh, just didn't ever did it. So that night she put all this stuff on and she um, wanted me to do some jokes about her when we first meeting her, but she's a silly, silly person. And I did, and it was really fun, although I don't know how you feel about this, but holding the mic or having the mic on a stand that's like a security blanket for me yeah. and like when i got there i was totally counting on having a mic well they couldn't f they couldn't find the mic so i had to go out there and like project and it was like it's a small little theater it was a really great time but it was a small little theater and i've noticed this several times being in drag in a room full of straight people it's always that look of what are we looking at again and not that it's bad, because they all knew half of the people in there. I wasn't like threatened or anything, yeah. but it's all it's just like that whole like, yeah, I'm a guy in makeup, woo! But I you made them crack up. Yeah, you feel the difference, right? It's totally like that whole like click. Oh, oh, mm -hmm. oh! I made them crack up, and then the whole thing was I introduced her, and she wanted me to sing at first. Blondie's "Ripper to Shreds." You familiar with that song? Oh yeah. But it's like. Do you want to keep the audience there or do you want to actually like get rid of them? Is so there singing. another show after that you need to clear the space for? Because I'll sing if you want me to. But I ended up lip syncing and she came out and I like ripped her up to shreds. And it was funny. Her whole her whole reveal was one of those bathing suit oversized shirt where, you know, it's like oh, the bikini yeah. body, you know. But it's like a t-shirt. Right. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was her whole spiel. And then she did the rest of the show and that. So that was my first stand up. And it was a thrill. Like it was fun. You know, it's just kind of almost like doing like Queer Mountain. Like the first time I did Queer Mountain, it was funny song, funny stories. Yeah. And even the second time it was a little more serious, but it's still like a thrill. Like 
yeah, I want to do yeah, this again. Things that you've thought of and said, people right. responded to, right. and they laughed. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of a drug for me. It's like you just yeah. stick to it, and you just keep chasing exactly. that high again and again. Right. But yeah, as far as uh, Mike Stan having a mic, if you see stand-ups that have been doing this shit for 20 years, and you put them on a stage with no mic, they don't know what the fuck right. to do. Right, Because you're used to having that. Yeah. You also, when you do it long enough, it's just, it's taking something away. It'd be like right. you doing drag without a wig. Like, you're, right. you're used to, to having that. So if right. you didn't have that, you're like, well, what? It kind of throws you off a little bit. Right. It's funny you say that because actually two Mondays ago, I bartended for Mary Boy's Be Gay, Do True, Do True Crime show. And I use my hair. I have longer hair and I'm, I sort of looks like the Supreme from Mary Norris Ray Coven. I want to have it down and up. So I went as the Supreme and yeah, when I got done, I was like doing my makeup I was like, Oh, that's right. I'm doing my hair, so I have to fix my hair now. And then I used the hairspray that all drag queens use, and it's like plastic, like glue. And so the next day, when I went to, or when I got home at night to like comb it out, I literally had to like do a hair treatment. Was just like ripping hair out yeah. of my scalp. And it's like not a plastic wig you got on. It's actually your hair. Like you did that to your own hair, right? So that's only going to be few and far between. But yeah, that's uh, totally true. About the microphone of the wig. It's a yeah. good analogy, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad I picked a good one because then I was like, I'm sure you're going to be like, but people perform without wigs. Right. Like, I'm just well, trying to think of a, a drag queen thing. Right. To each their own, said yeah. the farmer. As he kissed have, the like, cow. Three wigs. That's the reveal. <laughs> exactly. Like, Two wig, three wig, and you're Which, like, oh. I don't know how they do that. Like, I don't know either. It would be my luck. I would pull the one off, and they'd all come off. Yeah. You know, I just know my luck on stage. I wouldn't be able to pull the one off. <laughs> exactly. I just, I just look right. like I was right. <laughs> being a crazy face. <laughs> right. I don't exactly know how these, I don't know how this question is going to come out, but the second time, so you've done Queer Mountain twice, mm -hmm. and the second time you did tell a very serious personal right. story, and I yeah. don't know how much you'd, you know, want to share here, but... It was that night was so our theme was facing your demons right. and we had a very serious overall show right. because of the theme. And, right. and I thought that was great because people connected to mm -hmm. it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to be funny on this show. And it's right. like, it's just a space for you to tell whatever you want to mm -hmm. tell. So I really appreciated that you were able to get up there and share, you know, all this personal stuff about you and your family, right. and, you know, what's going on. It actually inspired one of the storytellers that came on after you had a story plan that he didn't tell. Really? Because, yeah, I don't know if. He I didn't know that. Because he related so much to your story that he was, you know, talking about his own experiences. Wow, I know so. that. But yeah, I appreciated the opportunity. And when I, when you told me the theme, I was like, the only one that I can think of is that, you know. Because when I was diagnosed with HIV, it was it was hard. Like, in Mississippi, I was uh, 18. I was just graduating high school. And not that they meant to be, but, you know, my parents were very... Both of them were very ignorant about it. And... Yeah, I uh, was terrified that night, and it was really cathartic, though. It really, like, and I had a lot of warm, a lot of people come up to me after me, just give me a hug. Like, they were just blown away, you know, that somebody would get, I mean, I guess somebody would get up there and be so raw with it. And, like, I don't know if you remember during it, though. It was like, I went up there, and I was trying to be, like, you said, a little bit funny, and then I just, like, sat down and was like, ah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but here we go. And I just looked up into the lights and just started talking and i don't even remember really what i said it was like a sort of like phased out and like i faced my demon and now i'm like over it like i was thinking about it the next day and i've been thinking about it since like i it doesn't bother me anymore like i feel like i got it off my chest and i have you to thank mm -hmm. for that really like well, the best you. psychologist ever <laughs> i uh 
what I really appreciated about that and what, you know, part of what we try to do with this podcast and with the storytelling show is to make sure that like queer histories get documented in one form or another or get expressed. And I think uh, with HIV and AIDS especially, I think now generations don't really understand how it was even a generation ago. Right, right. I mean, yeah, this was 2001. And I mean, there's still stigmas to it, you know, but not nearly as what it used to be. And thankfully, the medicines come such a long way and education on it has come such a long way. And I mean, it's still so much further to go, but it's definitely changed. And, you know, the stigma with drag has changed, too. When I first started doing drag back then, if you did drag, people didn't like guys didn't want anything to do with you. Now it doesn't even like phase people now you're like local celebrities right exactly i didn't exactly. i didn't know that why wouldn't we i think that it was more of oh you want to be a woman well i want to be with a guy and it's like no i just have fun dressing up and mashing my mouth around to someone else's music for five minutes you know but yeah there was a whole stigma about it back then and this was a, a on the gulf coast that was much more different than it is here in new orleans nowadays where artists are doing their art like it's whoever whatever you want to do whereas back then it was more of like big hair pageant gown lip syncing to barbara streisand and you know you do the figure eight on the stage and mash your mouth around and then go back and you win a crown you know whereas now you have artists like mary boy or sissy latrine or hexorcist or so many danny girls right so many last wednesday there's a lot of gender fuckery now and i love that and And that was just not even thought of back then like i love Bio queens. I'm obsessed. Like two or three of my favorites are bio queens. Tara Cards, Last Tara, Wednesday, oh. my sister. Yeah. We're all sisters, really. But yeah, there's so many. In my mind, drag queens are always revered in the right. gay community. Right. But I, I can understand that. Yeah. So you found out when you found out you were HIV positive. Did you immediately? Were you living with your family? At the I time? was still living with them. I was a senior in high school, and it was a crazy way that we found out. I had been in a car accident, and I broke a bone and my the person I was with, he was driving and he crashed into a ravine and I broke my collarbone. And you can still feel it, but it healed. So I got the settlement from that. And then from that settlement, my mom was like, you have to buy a car. You're 18. You have to get a car. Like, I'm not driving you around everywhere. So we get the car and then we go to get car insurance. And the woman is like, oh, well, you know, if you get health insurance with or life insurance with us, you can get a discount on your auto and your life insurance. State Farm. I guess I shouldn't say that. <laughs> so, and we were like, okay, yeah, whatever. And so she got one of the, they don't do this anymore, but the tongue, the cheek swab, you'd swab your cheek and they put in an envelope and then you get your results in three or four days if they would insure you or not well those tests are like come out to be like super faulty like all the time like if you chewed gum or smoked a cigarette or ate before you did the swab it would cancel it out so it got we got the letter like canceled it out they suggested to like go get blood work well it was funny we were taking i met my mom at the senior portrait studio and we did the portraits and then she's like oh i got i was staying with my friend allison and Biloxi, my best friend allison and i met her at the studio and she came was like oh i got this piece of mail open it and i was in the car and i remember i forget i'm like open it and she's like standing in the window with her head and she's like what does it say what does it say and it says well i didn't get insurance and i should go get blood work and she's like well, we're going to get blood work so i went to the doctor and got the blood work and of course, I had to wait another two days. And then 
they called my dad first, I believe. This was before cell phones, too. I'm so old. <laughs> I think I'm the same age as you. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you remember before. You graduated high yeah. school in one? Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, well, good, okay. But you remember, like, when we were graduating high school, the cell phone was like a... I had a pager. Ooh, oh, yeah, a total pager, yeah. But, yeah, uh, home my dad, my dad, I think, like, got me from work or something. So we go to the doctor... And it's my dad and I, and, you know, most people get the chance to be like, mom, dad, sit down, let's have a conversation, and they get to out themselves. Now, the doctor was like, so you have HIV, and the, the, my dad literally, like, turned pale as a ghost. I thought he was going to pass out. And then we went through this, like, you know, the spiel of, like, here's the doctor you should go see. There was a specialist in Biloxi, and we ended up going there. But, yeah, my uh, dad lost, I mean, he didn't. He never, like, we never got in a fight or anything, but he, like, quietly just turned on me for a while. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I think I went into it at the Queer Mountain where I, I couldn't leave my toothbrush or my razor or my soap or my washcloth in the bathroom as my younger sister, I guess, could fall on it and develop. I, yeah, not at all. And he was probably scared. He was terrified, and he felt. And I think also it just came because he, he loved me, you know, and he loved me, and he was just scared for me too. Like he wanted the best for me, but he overreacted. He made my mom really upset, and my sister got really upset. And I don't think my sister knew for like another two years, as she was seven years older than her, so she was probably in sixth grade, seventh grade. But yeah, she didn't know for another year or two. And then um, eventually it was like a week or so of that. And then I moved in with Allison and Biloxi and then like moved on. And it got, we got to be a lot better off now that, that I wasn't under the house, I was in the house, you know. But yeah, it was a definitely a learning experience for sure, you know. It's crazy and, that the doctor didn't at least say like, hey, right. let me talk with you right. and then right. bring your dad in. Yeah, it was... But I understand if you weren't 18 maybe, but I don't know. I, I still feel like... I had just turned 18. Oh. It was in May and I was born... I'm in March, Aries March, March 26th. So yeah, I was actually just yeah. 18. But you're right. I never thought about that. Yeah. That's my lawyer brain. Yeah, I know. Totally. Right. I was like, well, actually, if you're a minor, I'm sure there's like laws that are like yeah. parents can find out right. all that shit. But... Right. Yeah, when I moved to Louisiana, actually, Mississippi's so backwards. Right before I moved, the nurse was like, now, when you move to Louisiana, you can never come back to Mississippi and get your medicine. Why? As some kind of law against uh, across state lines or something. So it's like, so if my mom falls sick tomorrow and I have to move back here and take care of her, I can't get my medicine. And she's like, no, unfortunately not. I mean, hopefully the laws have changed since because yeah. this was oh, to keep too... people in Mississippi. Yeah, right. <laughs> to literally yeah. trap you. Right. Yeah. I guess I just wow, it blew my mind. I was like, I do not understand that. I don't even told my mom that. She's like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Mississippi. Bless its heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing we say. <laughs> How's your relationship with your parents now? Oh, it's totally fine. I don't really talk to my dad much, but I talk to my mom all the time. And it was never really my mom. It was more so my dad. He uh, is just one of those, I guess I could say those Republicans that, I mean, he listens to Rush Limbaugh every day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're shaking our heads. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't even have any words. Uh, yeah. The last time why? I was home, and this is the re- that's pretty much the reason why I don't really go home for the holidays anymore is because, God forbid, a picture of Obama comes up. You know, it's like, oh my God, these are the people that I'm 
that I consider family? No, no, no. Well, well, let's all do that over there. I'm going to stay home and have some bourbon. (laughs) Well, that's what's great. I mean, I live so far away from my family. My dad's in Pennsylvania. My mom is now in Florida, so she's a little closer. And my brother is in Los Angeles. Gotcha. So everybody's all over. So I'm never going to see everybody at once. Yeah. And so a lot of holidays I end up spending here. My girlfriend's family's Uh um, about 45 minutes away. So we'll usually do like... A dinner there like gotcha. thanksgiving we'll do 3 p.m to like 8 p.m we uh-huh. come back here and there's so much shit to do like right. new orleans is so good right. about we're always invited to different thanksgivings most bars mm-hmm. may be closed for the afternoon and then they're right. open at night and not every bar is packed because there's 50 other people like us that you know don't want to go home or just getting yeah. her back from going home and need a drink to digest all the food or just a dance party to dance exactly, it Exactly, totally. Yeah, past few years I've just cooked at my friend's house. He renovated his kitchen and it's like super top notch. I'm like, let me cook all the things. <laughs> let me destroy your kitchen. And he's like, okay, do it. Yeah, I would, I would totally, if, if I had a brand new kitchen, I'd be right. like, come, come destroy on. my kitchen. Right. Cook, cook food for me. Yeah. Well, the first few years when I was like doing my own Thanksgivings here, what I would do is there's a bar near the house and they deep fry your turkeys for you. The day before Thanksgiving, you bring them a turkey that's uh, thawed um, i've learned i'm oh, not from the south but you yeah. cannot deep fry a frozen thing yeah <laughs> um they've learned that the hard way oh my god uh, yeah you give them a thawed turkey and then you come back in an hour you just go in the bar and have a drink and then they give you a fried turkey it's so delicious and it's so I good i love fried turkey yeah if you ever get a chance get the one from popeyes you have to order in advance but you're talking about the most delicious turkey you've ever had in your life See, Popeyes, so I really do think the Popeyes in Louisiana are better than any other Popeyes. Absolutely. Because the Popeyes where I grew up was just, it wasn't that great. It was just this greasy right. mess, but not like the good grease. Right, right. It was just right. the like heartburn. Uh-huh. And then here it's like actually right. fucking yeah. chicken. Right, it is. Yeah, I think it's like fresh off the truck or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it, starts, if it actually starts here and by right. the time it gets to California. Right, exactly. Yeah, I uh I love that this conversation has devolved into fast food. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they all end up that, that way? Is, we can true. talk about Taco Bell all day. Exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my like go-to road food when I'm I traveling. love Taco Bell. Mm. Do you have the app? They send these ridiculous... I don't I use it. I didn't know they it. had an app. <laughs> no, right. It's so ridiculous. They send these alerts like all the time. Like today even that was National Nachos Day. I'm like, you're just making that up. <laughs> That every day, like, I get, because, you know, I'm a cat lady, and I swear, like, five times a year I get messages, today is National Cat Day, today is <sighs> National Hug Your Cat Day, today is National Take a Picture with Your Cat I wanna Day. I want to be on this like, council. Who is this, what is this group of people, like, deciding what part of Hallmark Corporation is like, okay, let's look at the fiscal calendar, okay, we've got Cookie Day, Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. <laughs> I know, and I'm just like, can't we just leave some days alone? Right. Like, Hitler's birthday, maybe that yeah, should yeah. not be like hug your cat day i don't know it's just some days just let him isn't it the same as it's 420 right is his birthday i think it is oh so we already have something for that right it's to numb numb (laughs) your nerves dude (laughs) i I was wondering why i always wondered why it was 420 (laughs) i do i wonder that too i think it comes from a movie doesn't it they just picked 420 or were they like we have to counterbalance hitler's energy I, in the world it's a very good question i'll have to google that later i also love that like stoners need a day i'm like y'all don't need like they don't i know need, but like stoners need a day specified for engaging right, right. Like, there's no national well i guess they have like national margarita day 
They don't like now, National Alcohol Day. Right. Anything with alcohol, I can get behind. She got like National Talk Like a Pirate Day. It's like, uh, oh. yeah, no. We don't need people running around saying R all day. Ugh. Isn't there a pirate fest? It's just like the festivals in New Orleans. Like, <laughs> how many more festivals can oh, we possibly God. have? I moved here 11 years ago, and I thought there was too many festivals then. Oh, yeah. And since then, we've added, that was before Po' Boy Fest. That was before Fried Chicken Fest. That was before, like, all these other, I can't even think, all no, these other festivals. My friend festivals. just worked Macaroni and Cheese Fest. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even Armstrong know they had that. Yeah. Just eat mac and cheese if you exactly. want. Exactly. Exactly. I know. I remember when Po' Boy Fest was like four little kiosks. You could just walk around. Right. And... Now it's like elbow to elbow line down the block. I was on a text chain and one of the people, I don't know who it was because I don't know anyone. I knew like two people on the text chain. You know how you get those? Mm-hmm. But they put me on this phone chain with like 10 other fucking people. And one of them made a spreadsheet of all of the restaurants that were going to be at Po' Boy Fest and oh what God. their sandwich was going to be and also what it was last year. And I was just like... What? Someone's obsessed. Yeah. I was just, it takes away the enjoyment. Like, right. The surprise. I like to go to a fest and walk around and just be like, oh my God, look over there. Right. Like it's how like, many Po' Boys could you possibly <laughs> eat? You, you know? probably got like three to five, depending Jeez. on how much you're also drinking. But I don't know who this person is, but I don't want to hang out with them. Right. Totally. <laughs> that's not my idea of fun. Right. Like, sounds like a Gemini, honestly. <laughs> I'm a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> Are we supposed to be organized? I oh, thought we yeah. were like crazy. Y'all are crazy, but I have had several Gemini friends that are like, if it doesn't go to according to the schedule it is everything is ruined oh. and just we just won't do anything i guess i'm the other twin on the gotcha <laughs> i'm just like look whatever it's gonna work out gotcha yeah so i'll find my car eventually right that's how i am like i I'm like, it's flow with it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, we're on the bright side. The parking lot. Oh, yeah. I won't even push the button. I'm like, oh, I'll yeah. find it. Lakeside Mall is always confusing. <laughs> I was just at the mall. Mm-hmm. I spent five hours on Saturday mm-hmm. because I just needed a pair of jeans. And I thought, need a pair of jeans. Just go suck it up. Go to the mall. Yeah. I thought malls were dead. You know, everyone's right. like, malls are dead. Here's all these pictures of these abandoned right. malls. This mall was so mm-hmm. insanely packed. And so disorganized oh yeah and i couldn't find anything that i needed and i was just wandering around in this like brightly lit environment people pushing you out of the way and then all the dads on their cell phones in the middle Uh there there was this area with like benches and i took a picture actually like sneakily but it was just men older men like 50s and up Uh on cell phones Sounds about like Lakeside, uh, that mall. And I was just like, why am I here? And I know they were like, why am I here? I was like, why would you bring dad if he clearly doesn't want to? Exactly, the torture him. Yeah. Torture. I went shopping with my dad once. We were going to my cousin's bat mitzvah, and I didn't have a dress. And we went to the mall, and he gave me like $40, and he was like, come back in an hour. And that was us shopping together. <laughs> I could take money and go by myself and <laughs> shop really quick. Yeah. Well, I but, found a dress and got back, and he was happy. Well, that's good. Because I was also before cell phones. So gotcha. Gotcha. It's like if he moved or I didn't come back, that <laughs> was it. You're walking home. In, <laughs> where I lived in the mall. <laughs> right, exactly, which they made movies about. <laughs> yeah. They had the Dawn of the Dead, the new Dawn of the oh, Dead. Yeah, and yeah, they, like, that was took a good over, one. And I, like that, or um, was the Simon Pegg movie... Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead and Shaun uh-huh. of the Dead. He holds up in a bar. I love and that. I was like, one. if the zombies come, go into a bar with food. Exactly. Or go into a mall because they have right. everything. Right. Where I are mean, you going when the zombies come? I think the same. Probably the bar. 
That's a good question. I would probably go to a mall eventually. You got to have this planned out. I know. And you know, my boyfriend and I are such... We were there for a while. We were such big Walking Dead fans. And we... I can't remember what our game plan was. How did you and your boyfriend meet? Uh, We met through a friend. I was living in the French Quarter before Katrina. And my friend Thaddeus... We painted together a lot. Like, we would get together and just paint. Well, he met Rick at Antiques and Rick and he were hanging out and then it was funny Thaddeus was straight and Thaddeus was like yeah no Rick love you but no it ain't gonna happen and then I met Rick at Thaddeus's house and then like two or three days later we were getting together to paint and Thaddeus like oh, it was okay if I bring Rick over and I'm like that's totally fine Rick came over and we were painting and talking and drinking and <laughs> I was downstairs was I was repainting the room downstairs and he came in and was like would you like to go to dinner and I'm like yeah sure and uh, we sort of never split really and uh, then we rode Katrina out here in the city together and we only argued one time it was after the storm had passed and it was about what to do to get out and 14 years and we actually just parted ways this past summer but Oh, sorry. That's okay. I didn't know. It's mutual. It's okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, everything happens for a reason. 14 years is a long time. Especially for gay men, I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely both of our longest relationships. But yeah, you know, it's like when you spend that long long a time with someone, you still love them, you know. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. I was watching some movie and they're just like, oh, well, everyone only has one successful relationship. They only have one successful relationship because that's the one that lasts. And I was like, you can have multiple successful relationships that weren't meant to be forever, that were meant to be, you know, when you were right. a teenager right that was what was right for you then right. but when you were 40 exactly not so much right i agree with that completely you know yeah i mean we're still friends we still talk he kept the cat so i get to go oh. see him every now and again it's, it's all good but like you said yeah i don't believe like this is it are you out there are you trying to date are you focusing on your career yeah pretty much more of that like i've before when we first met it was before the iphone and so it was definitely before all the apps so i of course downloaded the apps and it's like what a garbage can <laughs> <laughs> is it overwhelming though because a I, little I know bit i've talked to a few people who you know were dating somebody with somebody uh-huh. before the apps during the apps and then yeah. are now on them and it's not like when the apps first happened and there was right. like one or two and yeah. it wasn't that many people on it and it wasn't as right. especially as like widely accepted and uh-huh. used and then now there's apps like every time someone's like oh i'm on this app i was like i don't right. know what that is exactly yeah and it's like the ads on facebook and instagram are always like try this one try this one it's like i am overwhelmed already with the two that i have it remind they remind me so much though of back in the day with aol.com where you would go to the oh, you know cincinnati m for m new orleans m for m new york m for m or bondage m for m or whatever it's just it's so funny you go to the, the grinder you go to tip well not even tinder tinder is the most confusing app you have to pay like 30 bucks a month to even use it i'm like this is so stupid they charge for that? yeah can you believe it they charge for grinder too like it's abbreviated but yeah it's and they're all like what was grinders like 15 dollars a month do they let you use it like limitedly and then you right. have to pay more right if you want. And it's like every time you click on someone and at like the first person you click on an ad will pop up and then like three more oh. three later another ad will pop up so you pay money right no yeah ad. yeah and it's like 
ridiculous amounts of money. Like the the uh, programmers have figured out how to make more. Because remember how you just buy an app and then it was yours. Now you download the app for free and then you have to pay for a subscription. Oh yeah. So get rich, get, get richer. And they're selling exactly. all of our data. Exactly. <laughs> well, good luck out yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> hello, for real. No, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> I never really got too deep into into the apps, but I know I, I know some people that it's it's almost like a sport, you know. Right. Like they're not even paying attention when they're swiping. Exactly. And I think right now it might be, and it's different for everybody, but I feel like for a lot of people it's become very impersonal. Right. And this is potentially somebody like you will be spending a lot of time. Right. With. Right. Um, but some people take it seriously. I mean, right. Yeah. There's a few. I mean, most of it's just hit it and quit it. You know, it's like I don't really into that myself like yeah i'm just gonna let it like old margaret show joke after two years you know you just go into the woods and cover yourself with leaves and hope someone falls in (laughs) (laughs) that's one way to do it (laughs) (laughs) if money was no object to you what would you be doing right now i would be painting a lot more that's for sure i'd honestly probably be traveling a lot more I've always wanted to go abroad. I've never been out of the States. Probably would like go and spend, uh, yeah, like a good month in the UK backpack from, and everybody, I tell everybody this, and they're like, you're insane. But like backpack from Cornwall to York, you know, just the whole country and like. It's beautiful. Though. I know. I really want to, like, especially the Midlands. I really, I feel like an ancestral calling of the UK and Scotland. But yeah, travel a lot more. I'd literally love to go to Japan. Uh, be painting a lot more. Probably be cooking a lot more too. Probably be shopping a lot more too. I have to say, I'll be having a lot more rhinestones on my <laughs> gowns and things. Your real rhinestones. All right, there you go. Slow <laughs> off ski and tea. Get off that wish app. Oh. <laughs> well, hopefully one day we will all be throwing enough money on stage that we can Hello. go do all the things that we want to do. That would be fabulous. Yeah. But until then, we just keep on keep keeping on. The hustle, on. Yeah. yeah, I love it. <laughs> I do. It's well, a thrill. Thank you so much for joining thank you us so on much. Your I'm so happy heart. to be here. I hope this uh, was enjoyable. I had, a, I had a good time. Totally. We talked yeah. a little shit. Yeah, know? a little bit. <laughs> Got a little uh, out there, but have I hope fun. to see you on the comedy stage. I'm working on it now. <laughs> totally. I know I'll see you on the comedy stage. Yeah, soon. absolutely. Because yeah. I do it at your bar. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Thank Zelda. you. Thank you to our guest, Aunt Zelda, for sharing her world with you. Special thank you to Jessa Fallon and Ryan Golub for your help editing and producing the podcast. You can find Near and Queer to My Heart, our podcast, all over social media. Queer to My Heart on Twitter, Near and Queer to My Heart on Instagram and Facebook. You can like and rate us on iTunes. Please do that. Five stars. Please, please, please. And thank you. You can also see the live storytelling show Greetings from Queer Mountain in New Orleans, Oakland, in New York City in Austin, and in Baton Rouge. Thank you! Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.